0: Amen. Thank you, Brother Moore. All right, from this passage in the second chapter of 1 Corinthians, and these verses are going to be verses that I've shared with you. Since we missed a week uh, on this uh, study that we've uh, got started, uh, it's, uh, it comes from, of course, the uh, b- book of 1 Thessalonians and in the 5th chapter. And Paul's prayer... In his prayer for them, he said this, And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth calleth you who also will do it. And of course, when uh, we read that, um, I introduced uh, the subject of the dichotomy of man. And uh, dichotomy simply means that we are three part beings, That, as it mentions in that verse of scripture, that we are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. And so I've been addressing that subject. The reason I wanted, uh, wanted us to look here again in uh, 1 Corinthians in chapter 2, and I'll read verse 14 and verse 15. And here's what it says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him and neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Then he says in verse 15, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. And the reason I wanted to read that again was just to rehearse some of the things that I'd shared with you related to these verses of Scripture here. Now, the word for soul, and that's been our subject, and that's going to be our subject again tonight. What is in the soul? What is in the soul? Now, we we looked at the fact that in the spirit of the unsaved, the Bible says that the unsaved are spiritually dead or the Spirit is dormant, because the only way the Spirit has life is if it is occupied by the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes into a person, then we are said to be born again, we have new life. And so uh, the, the, the Spirit, once the Holy Spirit has come in, uh, begins to govern man, now, the word for soul in the Old Testament is nefesh, and it's found in the Old Testament 673 times. In the Greek, in the New Testament, it's suke, found 102 times. And in those times that we find it in the Bible, it, it is either life or it is actually the soul. It depends on the context to be able to determine what it is. It is in both Testaments, it, it, the primary meaning of those words is the soul. Secondary meaning, of course, uh, is life. Now, in these verses that I shared with you, I'll go back and repeat this again because it's so, mu- so important. It says, But the natural man, in verse 14, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Natural there, that word natural is Sukikos in the Greek, and it means a soulish being. And what that means is, it is someone who is a person who is governed only by the soul. That person is not governed by the spirit because the spirit is dormant, spiritually dead. And so the natural man, and that's the reason it says, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness unto him, and neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And so this is the condition of the unsaved. They are not governed by the Spirit, but they are governed by the soul. Governed by the soul. And then in the 15th verse, they that are spiritual, spiritual is numa. And it means that they are governed by the Spirit. Now, that's an interesting thing. Of course, uh, in the New Testament, also we find the word sensual. And sensual is that same Greek word that means soulish. And so an individual is, can only be governed by the soul that is not spiritually made spiritually alive. And we know the Bible says, You have been quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and in sin." And so this is interesting. Now, of course, in the, in the soul is intellect, affections, volition, or will, and the conscience. And this is what we're looking at is some things that are in the soul. And of course, the body, here's what's in the body, is hearing, sight, smell, touch, and taste. The senses, that's what's, that's what makes up the body. And of course, uh the the matter of spiritual warfare in an individual is understood uh when we understand that when the holy spirit comes in he begins to govern the life and change that person and that's where the struggle a lot of times comes in for the person who is saved is the uh, uh yielding to the uh faculties of the soul rather than following uh following the spirit and so tonight we're going to address the matter of the intellect being a part of the soul. And of course intellect means the mind, sister, and uh, it's what it is generally referring to is the mind. And uh, it's the ability to understand and reason, the ability to understand and reason, they are in 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 the soul. And so that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. Now, we've already ama- uh, mentioned the fact that the emotions are in the soul. I shared with you a moment ago the affections, and so the emotions are in the soul. Love is in the soul, uh, and hate is in the soul, and vexed or bitterness is in the soul. Fear is in the soul. Being troubled is in the soul. Grief is in the soul, and joy is in the soul. All of those things are a part of the soul. Now are you bored yet? <laughs> well you a reason why this is important now and I, I would just share a little bit of my personal experience having learned this then I understand what has happened to me when God saved me when the Lord saved me the Holy Spirit come in to indwell me then that's when uh, the struggle maybe begins back and forth, the back and forth, you see, and the Holy Spirit is taking control. Now the last time we took this up, I shared with you that the appetite is in in the soul. The soul uh the Bible says this in Deuteronomy twelve twenty, the soul longeth to eat flesh. Proverbs nineteen fifteen, the idle soul shall suffer hunger. Lamentations one nineteen they sought meat to relieve their soul. And so these things, the Bible tells us, are in the soul. Now the intellect, the intellect is in the soul too. And I think this is really important. Oftentimes I've said, I've said that a person is never really educated until a person is educated in the Word of God. So he's our teacher. So the intellect or the mind is in the soul. Now, I'm going to share with you some verses of Scripture uh, that talk about that. If you want to turn with me, first of all, to the Psalms, Psalm 13, and uh, I'll share with you a a passage that is there. I'll share several of these with you to show that the intellect intellect is in the soul. In the 13th Psalm, and here's, uh, here's what it says, in the 13th Psalm, uh, the psalmist, this is a real short psalm, and the psalmist talks about, uh, this is David talking, and he's uh, praying for help for his enemies, and he says, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever. How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? And then in this second verse this is the verse I want to point out. He says, How long shall I take counsel in my soul, in my soul? Having sorrow in my heart daily, how long shall mine enemies be exalted over me? And I'll go ahead and read uh, verse 3 and 4, and it says this, Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God, lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. And then there's a transition in this psalm, and I think this is neat. He, I mean, completely turns it around and he says, But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Now, the second verse, here's the interesting part, talking about the intellect being in the soul. He says, How long shall I take counsel in my soul? Now what this means is, is that he's not hearing from God as this psalm starts out. He's not hearing from God. And so he's taken his own counsel in his soul. He's reasoning with himself in this. And so uh, he is counseling himself. In other words, this would be the case for uh, anyone who wasn't, hearing from God, didn't know the will of God, and continued to address matters in life or whatever. So this is what the psalmist is saying. This is what he means by that. And so the the counsel is in the soul. Now let me give you another one. In the Psalms, Psalms 139. I'll share with you another one. And uh, if you'll turn there, Psalms 139. And you will remember I read this, uh, I read this psalm, I think it was uh, last Wednesday night. I read from these words that are here, and this too is a psalm of David. And the verses that I read was verse 13 through 17, where David is, and I was showing that David was one of those elect babies. He was one of those who uh, God had, chosen from the time he was in the womb and uh, that's hard for some people to understand but it's true and he says in verse 18 for thou hast possessed my reign and covered me in my mother's womb and then in verse 14 is the words that I want to share with you he says I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are thy works and then he says this that My soul knoweth right well. So the ability to understand and reason is in the soul. And David is saying that, that my soul uh, knoweth right well. The next passage I want to share with you is in Proverbs and chapter number 2. So if you want to turn there, in Proverbs chapter number 2, and this the verse in this chapter is verse number 10. And here's what the writer of Proverbs says. When wisdom entereth into thine heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. So knowledge being pleasant unto thy soul. Now this, this entire chapter here is a wonderful chapter because, because it's talking about, uh, talking about wisdom. If I could go back to the first verse and start reading. My son, if thou would receive my word and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. And so, as I shared with you, intellect means the ability to understand and the ability to reason. He goes on to say, if thou Christ after knowledge, after knowledge. Now, can you imagine that? kind of desire, the desire for knowledge, and lifteth up thy voice for understanding. If thou seeketh her as silver, and searcheth for her as hid treasures. Oh, what a difference it might make in our life if we we had that kind of attitude toward learning more and seeking more knowledge. And of course, as this chapter bears out, from that knowledge comes wisdom. And wisdom is the ability to use what you know. And uh, a lot of people know a lot of things and they may not be wise. You see what I'm saying? My daddy used to have a statement. He would say, well, that's an educated fool. I never did when I was young, never did know what he meant by that. But it might be somebody that knows a lot but don't know how to use what they know, don't know how to apply what they know. He says... Uh, then, verse 5, now talking about searching for that uh, hidden as hidden treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So you see, all of that is talking about the ability to know things, ability to, uh, to understand and reason. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. And how we applied that out of his mouth would be through the Word, the Word of God. Learning those things from the Word of God. And I, I, I believe that that is just so, so very important. And uh, like, again, like I said, nobody is truly educated until they know the Word of God. And uh, so I believe that's true. He says this, he layeth up in verse 7, "...sound wisdom for the righteous." and he is the buckler of them that walk upright. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity and every good path. And then here's where the 10th verse comes in when it says, when wisdom entereth uh, into thine heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, And then he goes on talking about things that are a benefit as a result of that. uh, Discretion shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep thee. You see how beneficial that is? uh, That he's talking about. To deliver thee from the way of the evil man. From the man that speaketh forward things. That's stubborn and out of control things. Uh, who leave the path of uprightness and walk in the ways of darkness, uh, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the forwardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked uh, and they, uh, and they f- uh, forward in their paths, who deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her lips, and on and on and on. So you see how you see how in this chapter it is talking about the benefits of knowledge and understanding and reason. This is all in in the uh, intellect. Now I'll share with you uh, from the 19th chapter of Proverbs. If you'll turn to that one, in chapter 19, and uh, we find that in verse number two. Verse number 2, and it says, well, I'll read one with it. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. And then in verse 2 is where we find this. Also, that the soul be without knowledge is not good, and he that hasteneth his feet sinneth. To be without knowledge is not is not good. And then in the 8th verse, he says this, He that getteth wisdom loveth his own soul. Now, I, I know we usually don't think about that. I mean, we just don't think about that. You you mean gaining knowledge means that I care about my soul. I care about my soul. And and you, you know, if you think about this, uh, as I've shared with you, when the Holy Spirit uh, enters the human spirit, and we begin to be governed by the Holy Spirit, these are things that are valuable to us. And I, I say this all the time. You know, study the Bible. Study to show thyself approved, the Scripture says, unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And uh, we we have a, a, a issue in our world today, and I know many of you know this, that... When you go about talking with people who profess to be Christians, oftentimes you discover, not that you're judging, but it just comes out that they really don't know the Bible very well. Sue and I had a discussion today about a person that we know. And this person that we know really ought to know the Word of God. They really should. They should know the Word of God. But Uh, they don't really know the Word of God. There's something missing when they uh, discuss the Word of God. They're not taught uh, truths that they ought to to be taught. So he that getteth wisdom loves his own soul. He that keepeth understanding shall find good. Then let me share with you another one. In the 24th chapter of Proverbs, and uh, we find this one in the 14th verse in the 24th chapter and in the 14th verse. Here's what he says. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. The knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. When thou hast found it, then there shall be a reward, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. And so we see the benefit of that. And these verses uh, are sharing the fact that that that's where the intellect is. It is in the soul. Then I'll share another one with you, and this is in Lamentation, and it's in the third third chapter. You all might remember I shared these words with you this morning in preaching on the subject of the faithfulness of God that we looked in Lamentation in chapter 3, and we looked at 22 through verse 26. But in this chapter... We find something else about the soul. And here's what it says in the 19th and 20th verse Remember mine affliction and my misery. It says Jeremiah in his prayers, uh, in his suffering, the wormwood and the gall. And then he says this My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled. In me, this I recall in my mind. Therefore, I have hope. In other words, what Jeremiah is saying that the memory, the memory is is in the soul. The memory is in the soul, and um, I've shared with you before that that's a pretty fascinating thing. Uh, with me, there are some people that just can remember so many things. Uh, my wife has the most excellent memory. And oftentimes she'll talk about something and I'll say, well, I just don't remember that. I don't remember that. But that's where the memory is. The memory is in the soul. Now, let me share this with you. Uh, I think related to that, uh it has the Bible has something to say about the the mind, and that's where the intellect. That's the way we describe that, is in the mind. Now, uh, we're going to continue to look at scripture passage. I'm sure you're getting a lot of exercise tonight. I want to share with you from the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. And I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, what the Bible says uh, related to the soul or the intellect of the saved and the unsaved. In Ephesians chapter four, in Ephesians chapter four, and uh, in verse uh, seventeen through verse uh, seventeen through verse twenty-three, and here's here's what he says, beginning in verse seventeen, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. In the vanity of their mind. In the vanity of their mind. And so we could say, then the unsaved, this is who he's talking about when he says the Gentiles, the unsaved walk in the vanity of their mind. And he goes on to describe that. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now that's describing a, a people in the world. It's very clear by that they don't know the Lord. They just simply do not. And those are uh, powerful words to talk about them. And it goes on to say in the 19th century, who being past feeling have given themselves uh, over unto lasciviousness, To work all uncleanliness with greediness. Then he switches and says this. But ye have not learned, have not so learned of Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation or manner of life, the old man which is corrupt according to deceitfulness of lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So what we see there is we see a contrast that's set forth. Uh, for one it is uh, talking about here uh, the vanity of the mind, and then in the other it's talking about in the spirit, in the spirit of the mind. And so renewed in the spirit of your mind. So we see in that there's a contrast that's set forth. Now, there are verses of scripture of that talk. I'll go on and, and, and mention some more about the unsaved and what the Bible says about them. In Romans is another, is another place, Romans and chapter uh, number eight. If you look in Romans chapter number eight, And here's what it says in the seventh verse. It says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, or hostile, hostile against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, and neither indeed can be. Now that's talking about the carnal mind. That's only fleshly. That's the mind that is only soulish, that is only controlled uh, by the soul. Another one that describes uh, the unsaved would be in Titus and chapter number 1. Titus chapter number 1. And in the 15th verse, here's what, uh, here's what Paul said to Titus. Unto the pure, all things are pure... But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. So you see how that's included actually in the mind, in the mind, in the intellect. Now for the saved, and I'll share with you some verses uh, related to the saved acts and chapter number 17. And I hope I'm not going through these faster than uh, people can turn. Every once in a while, here we have a little exercise. We have a Bible drill, so to speak, I guess you could say. So in Acts chapter 17 and in verse number 11. And here's what it says. I'll read verse 10 also. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night, unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews, and these were not more noble than those of Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily, whether these things were so. And so, isn't that a wonderful thought? They received the word with all readiness of mind. And I always encourage you, if I share with you something, uh, from the pulpit, I want you to go check it out. I want you to go search the scripture. I want you to make sure that I've told you right according to the word of God. And, uh, I appreciate the fact that you do that. Then in Romans and chapter, and this is a neat verse of scripture, in chapter, uh, chapter number 12, in Romans chapter 12. And uh, awesome text. Beginning in verse number 1. And here's what it says. I beseech you therefore brethren. By the mercies of God. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. Which is your reasonable service. And then this is the verse. This is one of the characteristics of saved people. And be not conformed to this world but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind by the renewing of your mind and then this is need that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God how many times do you hear people say I'm searching for the will of God I want to know what God's will is in this matter or that matter that comes about by the attitude of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. The intellect, the intellect is what that is uh, making reference to. Another one talking about saved people is in 2 Timothy, and in 2 Timothy and chapter uh, number 1 and verse number 7, and here's what it says to the Christian, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. That is God's will for us. A sound mind. And then I'll, I'll give you uh, one more. And this is a neat one, and it says in Hebrews, the 8th chapter. And talking about the new covenant. And um, he starts out in verse number 6, and he says this. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much more he shall be the mediator of a better covenant, which is established upon better promises. And that's the subject matter there. And he says, I'll make a new covenant in verse uh, number 8. And he talks about with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And in this, it's talking, these are references to uh, spiritual Israel. Uh, That's us today. And here's what he says about that in the 10th verse. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I'll put my law into their minds and write them in their heart. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. In other words, what God is saying there is that he's going to have an impact on the intellect. That's exactly what the will of God is for saved people, is to minister to them and to teach them. So I encourage everybody, you know, study the Word. Study the Word, and it will make you smarter and smarter. And I want to say this in closing tonight. That doesn't necessarily mean the uh, intellect being affected by Uh, the Spirit of God, doesn't necessarily mean a really smart person. Down through the years, I've known some people that according to the world, they might not be very smart. The attitude of the world, they may not be very smart. And I remember one case, this man, he had uh, cancer, and he uh, had to go to Lexington uh, for his doctor's appointments. And so a couple of times uh, I volunteered and took him uh, to Lexington for his his appointments. That man, now seriously, uh, if you knew him, you might think, well, he's not a real smart person. But he got to talking to me, riding on the highway, going and coming both ways, and I was shocked at the depth of understanding of the Word of God and what, how God saves people and how that he had assurance of his relationship with the Lord. And I've known several people like that, several people, that people around them might not think they're very smart, but they have been blessed in their intellect by the Spirit of God that has come into their spirit and blessed them in that way. And so I hope this is helpful to you. The next time we take this up, we're going to talk about something else that's in the soul, and that is uh, the vo- what we what is called volition now. And what it means is the will. The will is the meaning of that. And so I hope this is a blessing. We're going to have a closing number. Rick, if you'd come and prepare to lead us in this... Uh, Uh, closing song and if there's anyone who has uh, a need tonight if God's been speaking to your heart and you need to make a commitment to him we invite you to do so as we bow together Father we thank you and praise you for these good words of scripture that we've looked at help us O Lord to understand and to reason and to know how that we are blessed by the spirit of God that indwells us Now pray, O Lord, that you would take this closing number and you would bless us as we sing it. And Father, that your will be done in our life. In Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen. Now would you stand together with me?